Today's reading from the Bible is from Isaiah, chapter 63, verses 7 to 19. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindnesses. He said, Surely they are my people, children, who will be true to me. And so he became their saviour. In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. Then his people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses' right hand, who divided the waters before them, to gain for himself everlasting renown, who led them through the depths. Like a horse in open country, they did not stumble. Like cattle that go down to the plain, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and see. From your lofty throne, holy and glorious, where are your zeal and might? Your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us. But you are our Father. Though Abraham does not know us, or Israel acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from of old is your name. Why, Lord, did you... Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while your people possessed your holy place, but now our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from old, but you have not ruled over them. They have not been called by your name. Brilliant. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks also, Lawrence, for those wonderful prayers. We're going to be thinking this month about what we believe. And in doing that, we're going to recite a creed each week. And many churches across the whole world recite this creed anyway, every single week in their services. Uh, we don't, generally, but we do believe it. And so we're going to say together the words that will come up on the screen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. So I invite you to join with me. We're going to say these words together. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Ridiculous. Sorry. Uh, let's <laughs> I just got distracted. I saw that. Yeah, it's my fault. Let's start, let's start again, shall we? All right. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> anyway. 
We believe, let's say together, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Marvellous. So this week we're thinking about the first bit, how we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. Next week we'll be thinking, and Philip will be preaching, about how we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. And then after that we'll be thinking about how we believe in the Holy Spirit. And finally we'll be thinking about how we believe in the church. Then I saw her face. Now, I'm a believer. <laughs> Not a trace of doubt in my mind. I'm in. <laughs> I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her <laughs> if I tried. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm a believer. And people will say, I'm a believer. It doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you're a believer, right? Believe in anything you like. Believe in love. Believe in, you know, fairy godmother. Believe what you want just as long as you've got faith, right? Some people will say that today. Have faith. Just don't bash anyone else over the head with it. But, you know, if, it, if it's good for you, then just be a believer. And yet what we believe here is very specific. We're declaring today we believe. Actually, the truth is a lot of people say when it comes to faith in a, a, a higher being, they'll say, I don't believe. More and more people today. I, I'm interested to see what the 2021 census will tell us. Uh, but increasing numbers will say, I don't believe. I don't believe. Good for you if you want to, but I don't believe. Uh, we're in this, uh, it's an unusual time because it's a secular society. All throughout history, all throughout the world, 
most of the time people have said they believe they believe in something it might not be God as we understand him necessarily but they do believe so actually just together to declare yes we do believe is a radical thing these days but my question for us this morning is so what what difference does it make what difference does your faith make to you the fact that you believe church attendance in most denominations Baptist included has gone down and many people are saying I don't believe I wonder whether one reason for that is because people have seen those who say they believe and yet they've not seen it really make any difference in their lives people will say on Sunday I believe and then on Monday their life does not look like it's a life that believes or maybe people have recited this prayer week on week on week and it's just meant nothing to them worse still maybe people have said that they believe in a God who's loving and kind and generous and gracious and compassionate and patient and yet their lives have spoken an opposite message we've been hearing about abuse in the church yet again and people are just disillusioned you say you say you believe well <laughs> So my question for us this morning, okay, we can say we believe, we can recite that prayer together. Do you know what, if you're here today and you're not sure if you do believe it, please don't. But if we do, what difference does it make to us to say that we believe? To say that we believe. This passage that Tanya read to us from Isaiah was a passage where people are declaring, we believe. And we also, we want to declare that we believe against the odds, against what we're experiencing, against what we're feeling right now. The people in Isaiah's day, chapter 63, towards the end there, their very own temple had been invaded by enemies, um, by, by their attackers, by their oppressors. They'd had stuff taken away from them. They believed in God's kindnesses and his goodness and his love and his compassion, and yet life was telling a different story. They believed in the presence of God. Three times in this passage, it talks about the presence of the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit sent among them. How the Holy Spirit would guide them and lead them. But they didn't sense the presence of the Holy Spirit necessarily. Sometimes the thing to do is to declare we believe when we're not feeling it. We believe in someone who you can't see. I can't prove to you that God is real. So why do we believe? A lot of people say it's nonsense. Why do you? I believe in the stuff right in front of me, the things I can see with my very own eyes, but why do we believe? We believe he's the one who made all that is seen and unseen. All that we see, but also all that we don't see. We believe that there's a whole spiritual realm, this whole bunch of stuff that we just don't see. It doesn't stop it being real. 
I'm in love. I'm a believer. Can't see love, can you? But you know it's real, don't you? I couldn't leave her if I tried. We believe. Our belief is resting on the shoulders. It stands on the shoulders of those who believed before. The passage in Isaiah talks four times about days of old. Now, Isaiah is like old, right, for us. Two and a half thousand years plus uh, written uh, ago, these words. And Isaiah is talking here about the days of old. Looking back already, he's already standing on the shoulders of Moses. Talking about what God did when he delivered the people uh, from slavery in, in Egypt and took them into freedom. How God lifted up and carried them all the days of old. Recalling the days of old. Lord, you're, you're with us from of old. And we are yours from of old. That doesn't mean that we're old. It just means that God is eternal. And we belong to a God who's been there since, well, since before the beginning. God is of old and God has been working in our history since of old. Before I went on holiday, I was reading about the history of this church. Reading about how in the 1800s there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this, this village, Pembury. And everybody got to hear the word of the Lord. We stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us in this church. We're part of a, an old story. This creed that we said together, that's an old creed. It comes from the 4th century AD. It comes from when the, the, the Roman Emperor, Constantine, became a Christian and said, right, Christians, what do you believe? <laughs> and so they had to sort it out. They had to write it down to clarify because different people were saying different things. They said, oh, well, you know, some people weren't sure about the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> so they clarified it all by writing it down. That's when this creed comes from, 4th century AD. And lots changed since then, but we still say the same thing. Catholic, Orthodox, you know, um, Protestant, all of us, we subscribe to this. This is what Christians believe. But what difference does it make? I'm actually, in a, in, in a few moments, I'm going to give a bit of space. And I'm actually, you'll be streamed online, but I want to say, is there anyone, you could come up and share. Do you know what? This does make a difference for me. My faith really does mean something. Isaiah says, I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord. You know, it's good to speak out about the kindnesses of the Lord. I will declare his, what he has done for us, the many good things he has done. His compassion, his many kindnesses. Now remember, Isaiah couldn't feel it right then at the time. And sometimes you can't feel it, can you? Do you ever have those times? Or is it just me? Or you think, where are you, God? I know I do believe, but where are you? Again, says several times in this passage, where are you? Three times. Where is he who brought them through the sea? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them? Where are your zeal and your might? Where are you? Perhaps you thought that through, through COVID. Where are you, God? <clears throat> Perhaps you look at Afghanistan and we say, where are you, God? Is he the God of the nations? Is he the maker of heaven and earth? And yet, where are you? 
Maybe something's come left field and just, boom, hit you. A circumstance, a financial thing, a job thing, a family thing, a health thing. Where are you, God? It's okay to ask that because it's in the Word and, and people do ask that question. <clears throat> and yet I believe. Can't be very easy to be a Christian in Afghanistan right now, can it? And yet there's so many of our brothers and sisters there. And yet they believe. It's not convenient. I mean, it's not convenient for lots of people. And yet we believe. It's actually scary sometimes to believe. But that is what we have in common. I look at you and I, this is what draws us together. What we believe. I've just been put on a WhatsApp group by an old school friend. He's, I know I don't look old enough, but we left school 30 years ago. And uh, we, he's trying to get a reunion together of people in our year, and he's got lots of people together. It's, oh my goodness, I forgot about so-and-so. Oh my goodness. And then see all these, what these people are doing next to him. But the one common denominator is we all went to the same school, and we all left the same school at the same time. 30 years on. <laughs> Interesting to see how life has changed. What's our one common denominator? We believe. <coughs> and notice it's a we. We share this together. We're such an individualistic society. Um, uh, and actually that does so much damage. On one level there's some good things about it, but it does so much damage. And COVID has, uh, has obviously contributed massively to that. People so isolated. People so on their own. People's mental health massively affected. And yet, we believe. That means we're a community of believers. And we've seen his face. <laughs> and now we believe. Do you believe? We believe in one God. And what is he? He's the Father. He's a father. Now, I know from personal experience, you're not a father until you have kids. When I was born, my dad, I was in the hospital with my mum. My dad came home, got two older sisters, said, your mother has had a baby. My oldest sister said, is it a girl? <coughs> dad said, no. My middle sister said, is it a boy? <laughs> and dad said, yes. And ever since, she keeps saying, telling that story, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was already, from day one, I was a son, I was a brother, and all the rest of it. And then I became a husband, 2001. And I didn't become a dad until, oops, Erin was born in 2005, that fateful day. I became a father. Now God is a father, but he's not a father unless he's got children. And who's his children? You are. You're his child. You are loved by him. You are, God has made you to be in relationship with him. Some people say, I exist, I believe in the existence of a supreme being, perhaps, you know, someone who put everything in place, and all that, a designer, a, 
But no, 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 no. Our God is so much more than that. He's the Father. Yes, he's the Almighty. Come on, but he's the Father. And this passage in Isaiah is one of the very few places in the Old Testament where God is described as Father. Verse 8, it says, Surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. God looks at us, surely this is my people, children. We could be nine, we could be 90, we're children. God's still asking you and me to come to him just as a child, just as a little child. Their experience of God was that he wasn't close. Isaiah says, where are your zeal and your might, your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us? Or certainly the experience of it was withheld at that moment. But you are our Father. I will have faith. You are our Father. You, Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer. So like Caroline said earlier, maybe our experience of our Father was great, maybe it wasn't so great. <coughs> but the scripture says God is our Father. And yes, he is perfect. And yes, he loves you. So I'm going to give a moment. If you don't want to come up the front, I totally get it, that's fine. But I want you to think about it. What difference does saying I believe mean? What does it mean to you? Does it make a difference in your life? I'm not asking you to say I'm a great Christian or I'm a rubbish Christian, but what difference does it make where we say I believe? Now I will give a moment now if anyone wants to come up and give testimony because it's important to give glory to God, to testify, to tell of the kindnesses of the Lord. It could be something big, it could be something small. I don't mind. And I don't mind if no one comes, that's fine. But let's just have a moment. Think about that. Peace. Peace. Thank you. I'm going back to the 1980s when we had a pretty disastrous marriage, but we were very, very close to my brother and sister-in-law. Um, and I was always on the phone to them and moaning and groaning. And I did actually finish up with a complete mental breakdown. And then we became Christians. And they thought we joined the Moonies. They were so worried. They thought we were going to hand our business over to this sect. Um, and they, they were really, really worried. And it put such a barrier between us because our lives were coming from a completely different space. We, we couldn't say, oh, if, if we're lucky or, well, you know, because we believed that God was going to do it. And I remember on one occasion we were actually sitting in a, um, a garage filling up with petrol and we're on our way down to Eastbourne and I, I was just saying Lord I, 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 this is awful I, I love them so much and I just want them to know you and I felt the Lord say to me don't worry the day will come when they want to know and it did it took about three or four years but they saw such a change in our lives they saw me who'd been a mental wreck become stable they saw our marriage, which was awful, blossom. And 
they did. They wanted to know about the Lord. And it was such a joy. And it then spread out to the to other members of the family as well. So, yeah, God changes lives. Amen. Thank you, Jean. Hello, brothers and sisters. Hi, Claire. Um, yeah, it, it's Father Heart of God. It means everything to me because my mother became pregnant with me when she was 16. And in those days, she was unmarried. And uh, my father, um, he literally couldn't cope. He was 17. He threw me across the room and he left. And uh, I never saw him ever again. And I had, I was, <laughs> I was pretty wild when I was a kid. And uh, for many years, I, I used to play the game pretty hard. You know, the partying, the drinking, etc. And um, I always believed that love was the strongest power on earth. And if you did your best to love others, you were kind of in the right place. But I did not believe in God. I wasn't brought up as a Christian, although my nan was kind of a believer, if you know what I mean. Um, and I was very, very, I'm just so grateful that I actually did have a light from the Lord when I was, my first marriage was um, breaking up. And the first thing I really felt strongly from the Lord was, I am your father. Amen. I am your father, and I love you and accept you as you are. I had an experience along with that, but the main thing for me was that he, I had felt him literally lift me up and say, you are my son and I'm proud of you. Now, I'd never had a male figure say that to me in my life, ever. I was always criticised by older men, um, always made to feel small. At school, I just wanted to leave to earn money to help my mother because my mother has always been an amazing mother to me. And I'm grateful that Lord, that the Lord knitted me together in her particular womb. Um, and even though the Lord had clearly revealed himself to me, I still rebelled after a little while. Uh, my marriage broke down. And I went off on the usual, you know, feeling sorry for myself. None of this is my fault. I'm just going to go for it. And I did that for a good few years. But do you know what? The Lord, as my father, he never let me go. Amen. And I met Arita, my wife now, who was a very strong Christian. And I woke up. And I said, yes, Lord, I, you know, I was on my knees asking for forgiveness of my rebellion. And um, here I am in this amazing place with you, you amazing people who I love. Thank you. Wow. That's awesome.
story from Cliff's, but Cliff's story makes me even more appreciative of the father that I had because I had a, a really good father. Um, and I just remember having a very close relationship with my father as a child. And um, I wasn't the easiest of children growing up all the time, none of us are probably, but if I was naughty, my father used, my mother probably did more of the telling off because she was more involved with our upbringing. But um, I used to be quite sullen and, and um, defiant when she told me off. So it usually used to end up with me being sent to my room until I was prepared to say I was sorry. At which point I would go to my room saying, well, I'm not going to be sorry, so I'm here forever, sort of thing. Um, and the next person who would appear would be my father. And my father never had to tell me off. He just used to stand at the door with this look of deep disappointment and I used to feel so loved in that and so upset that I had upset my father. And so growing up with God as a father, I think what I've learned through my natural father, for which I'm so grateful, is that however bad we are and however much we might feel God doesn't love us anymore because of what we've done, actually his love is even greater because of that disappointment that we've let him down. And, uh, you know, when we know that, then we, we do dissolve in his love and can come back to him. So, wow, yeah. that's beautiful. Thank you, Tricia. Thank you, Tricia. I've got Di. I want, she, ladies first. Sorry, Peter. How I wish I could speak like Dan and give the Lord the glory like he does, but I... The Lord speaks to me through hymns and choruses. I expect he speaks to a lot of you like that. And he's told me to be bold and strong. And he is with me, so I'm trusting. So if what I say gets a bit mixed up, I'm sorry. Um, when I was knitted in my mother's womb, he gave me a brain for numbers rather than words. And thus I had 18 very happy years in the bank. But when it came to writing letters, I hated it. Um, anyway, I don't want to dwell on COVID because it's lovely, we're coming through it, we're together now. But many of you know that last year, in March, Ed had COVID and I was called in to say goodbye to him. And the doctor, I, I said, couldn't he go in on a ventilator? And the doctor said, no, sorry, I didn't ask her why. And she sort of touched my arm and said, I'm very sorry. And I thought, I do that to people. People don't do that to me. Anyway, she told me not to upset Ed. Well, how can you say goodbye? Anyway, I didn't feel I was saying goodbye. And so I went in to see Ed and he was struggling to breathe. And um, I asked if Sarah could go in as well because obviously she wanted to see her dad. Anyway, there was a real numb, I was just numb. And Sarah and I walked out of the hospital. We didn't say very much, but when we got home, I said, Sarah, I'm going up to pray. I went up to my room, I closed the doors, and I knelt by the bed like a little girl. And the Lord spoke to me with a, another chorus saying, 
be still for the power of the Lord is moving in this place comes to cleanse and heal and minister his grace and this was the line that really got me no works too hard for him in faith received from him and I knew nothing was too hard for him and I just felt that Ed would be healed he was in hospital for nine weeks and he wasn't well at times but the Lord was just always with me and I haven't had the opportunity to stand up in front of you because we haven't been at church and thank you all for your prayers so I was just upheld <coughs> with prayers and I just thank you so much and you know, God is good and without my faith I don't know what I'd do and he's just always been with me looking back even when I didn't know him when I believed he walked by my side and then when I became when I knew him I was thinking when I grew up in an Anglican church before I came to PBC 30 plus years ago and we used to say the creed every week and I felt proud when I knew it off by heart and then I learned when um, I became a born-again Christian that uh, pride <laughs> comes before a fall and to learn humility so I yes I prayed for humility um, so yes I, I just want to say thank you very much to my dear friends who are all such good prayer warriors and uh, yeah thank you or don't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> Not so good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that um, for me, yeah, it's, I, I became a Christian when I was kind of young and in my family, but I have. Um, again and again made decisions for the Lord in different ways to follow him but more recently the thing that God has shown me through one of another a young man in the church where I, I go as well as here that um, he talked about God writing in white across his life or something or talked about writing and God being in writing and um, but really, this whole idea of um, that's mentioned about Christ in you, the hope of glory, and that He writes in our lives, and and He writes His story, His message in our lives. And yes, it is about talking, but very much, I think we've talked about how we have to do, we have to be Jesus, and we we're, we're not very good at that, but. He does it through us as we allow him. And uh, so the thing that really he's spoken to me is me being honest and humble to, to be honest with people at work and tell them I have fears, I, I am not perfect, there's lots of things that I'm, I feel maybe even ashamed of, but one particular thing is this fear thing. So I'm, I'm honest about how I am and but at the same time I seek to try and share my faith and I think God honors that and he sees that I'm real and I'm not just saying words and I'm trusting Jesus to speak through 
me, even though I'm, as we all are, um, imperfect in our faith, but he's working through me. So that's what I just wanted to share. Thank you, Peter. That's brilliant. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. That's amazing. We believe. You see what a difference God makes. We believe. We're going to close our service. We're going to sing a song. Invite the musicians to come. We're going to declare, in Christ alone, my hope is found. May the love of Father God, who sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, may his love fill our hearts. May God's spirit make this real to us. Let's stand. Declare who we believe in.